0: the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air
1: on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, do um, you like to travel? I actually did all the world traveling I want to do. I really don't feel like going anywhere. Maybe Florida, occasionally. I don't need to get on a plane, international travel. I don't, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been to a lot of places. I've I, I, I've been there, done that. I don't really... Uh, what the hell is Eric Adams going to uh, Turkey seven times? Seven separate times, seven separate trips. He's the borough president at one point of uh, of Brooklyn and he's taking official trips to Turkey. A lot of countries in the world. Oh, wait a second, this country <laughs> this country may have been certain individuals there. Uh, providing illegal campaign contributions and other little goodies for Eric Adams and his campaign and his staff and who knows what. This is a big, big deal, everybody. Have you heard about it? Eric Adams is uh, hes under investigation, it looks like. His uh, top fundraiser, Miss Thugs, I'm going to call her, uh, she's under investigation. They went in, they took all kinds of stuff with Eric Adams' name on it. They did this because the FBI raided the house because Eric Adams was out of town. They knew he was out of town. They wanted him out of town. He ran back right away. He was in Washington, D.C. The biggest problem we got right now in New York City, the migrant crisis and a meeting with President Biden and all of his people, he blew off because uh, of this matter. Tells you, man, you got to appoint better people. You got to elect better people for these jobs. I told you he was a bum. He's a bum. Uh, we will cooperate. He's going to cooperate. Right. Um, mm, he's going to lawyer up and they are, uh, they're getting ready for a battle. And this is, uh, very bad for Eric. But you know what? I'm not surprised at all. And neither should you be. You heard what I told you about this guy and known him for 30 years. A bum, incompetent, goofy, um, dumb, just, it's unbelievable, heartbreaking to me that this guy became mayor of this great city. Once great city, I should say. It really is emblematic of our downfall that a lowlife like Eric Adams occupies City Hall. Because I knew this stuff. I knew it. I knew it. And you know what? If you listen closely enough, it's not like, you know, yeah, I, I, I have certain contacts. I know certain people, right? But it's actually it was hiding in plain sight. It was right there. Eric Adams, right? First of all, he was a bum cop. He even boasted about joining the police department, not to catch criminals or not to serve the public, but he wanted to cause trouble and raise his public profile. How many people joined the police department to raise their public profile? It doesn't really go with the territory, right? Somehow he found a way to find, to be on the evening news every night, not because he made a, an important arrest or an investigation, but because he was complaining about the police department, right? Or he was running for Congress and all these little scams he did. But this uh, tells you a lot about Eric Adams. Here we go. All right. So this is uh, finally leaves the police department, becomes a state senator. One of the first things he does is go to the Senate floor and starts begging for more, demanding more money, demanding more cash, bigger salary. You know, public service. Politics you really we get some serious low life they 're in it for the fame, and yeah they 're in it for the money now, not the salary we know the salary's not supposed to be all that hot right it's supposed to be a sacrifice um but eric didn 't think so. Eric actually complains that he's not getting a bonus like the Wall Street guys, and if you feel like you 're not getting paid enough, you know what you start you start getting money from other uh other places, he start taking money like Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Totally. I can prove it. But listen to this. Eric Adams, a couple of years ago, you wonder why he's in trouble now. Listen to this mentality. It's all about his complete lack of integrity and his shamelessness on the floor of the Albany State Senate. I think this is in about 2008 or so. Go ahead.
2: I don't know how some of you are living. Tell you the truth for 79,000. You qualify for public assistance. This is a joke. Hey, stop for a a second.
1: $79,000 and you go on welfare? No. (laughs) No, you don't. That's actually probably the upper third of income for America, all right? (laughs) He wants to go on welfare because he's he makes $79,000 a year. And, oh, by the way, being a state senator is a part-time job. All these guys have other gigs. You're allowed to make money. You're allowed to work for other money. $79,000 for a part-time job? Not bad, actually. Oh, and they stay for free, meals, hotels, that kind of thing.
2: Keep going. And we're allowing people to tell us that we should not look for a raise increase. Yes, Yes, the judges should get a raise. Yes, I support this bill. The judges should get a raise. But our raises should not be connected to anything but we deserve to get a raise. Six, seven, eight years without a raise? and we are nine years, and we are ashamed to go in front of our constituents and say, yes, we deserve a raise, I don't care what paper. Let the editorial boards from Buffalo to New York state that they will go eight years, nine years without a raise. They're
1: actually going let with en- pay cuts. Those guys are going with pay cuts. Those jobs are going away, went away. Keep going. You don't have to stop let it every Let any
2: time. private entity... Let Wall Street state that during Christmas time, they're going to turn down their bonuses because they didn't do a good job with the stock market and with our hedge funds and my terrible 401k value that keeps going down and down. Let them turn down their raise. Let all everyone that states that what they do is comparable to should they get an increase or not. Don't be insulted for yourselves. You should be insulted for your children.
1: All right. Now, you know what? That Again, you are this, not allowed. Hold on. This is actually in 2008, the financial crisis, and he's yelling and screaming about a race. People are losing their job left and right. It's in a free fall. Look, listen to this passion. I deserve a raise. No, you don't. It's amazing. It's a miracle. You, <laughs> somebody voted for this guy. Hey, that's clubhouse politics for you. Um, uh, keep going.
2: That you are not allowed to give your children an affordable, decent form of living. Because all of us know when we're up here, our children are down there. When we are in Albany, unlike the Post editorial and the Buffalo editorial, when they go home, when they go spend time with their children, we're up here in Albany. Hey, this guy ran to the he- office. He raised money to become a state senator.
1: The capital is Albany. Sorry. That's on the selfishness, the entitlement. You hear the sense of entitlement. And while he's giving this speech, complaining about how poor and how poorly paid he is, you know what he's wearing? Yep. One of those suits, one of those fancy suits. And you know those shirts that the Wall Street guys wear sometimes still with the white collar and the blue, the, the shirt is blue and striped, but the collar is white. Contrasting collars, I think they call it. Prince of Wales, it's a prince of Wales. They call it that. It's like it's 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 Gordon Gecko, Wall Street. I'm a big shot. Look at me, I'm a gangster. That kind of thing, okay? Uh, and he's moaning about money. Go ahead, more.
2: Half the year we don't see our family, and we are ashamed to say we deserve a raise. Except you. Well, I'd be darned if I'm ashamed to say it. Yeah, right. I deserve a raise. Ooh. I deserve to be paid more. And I'm only a freshman, and I'm already complaining. Yeah. We better vote on a raise and make sure we get paid more. Stop. It's only like he just got there. This is how he's going to make his mark. I
3: de-
1: First year on the job, I deserve a raise. Man, he deserved to, uh I don't know, couldn't they have expelled him right then and there? Hey, we don't like this. Shut up. <laughs> I just don't uh some people won't tell some people uh the truth um for various reasons. Keep going,
2: and I say that to the governor. I say that to the mayor. I say that to anyone and anyone here that believes you are so marginal that you want to be a porpoise, then you do it on your own. Give me, show me the money, show me the money that's what it's all about. We deserve more money. stop we just. Des-
1: that's what it's all about. That's it. The key right there. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Eric Adams, actually. Wow. A confession right there. Show me the money. You know where that's from? That's from that movie with Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr. What was the name of it? Uh And the athlete who was really good and everybody was competing for him and they were bidding for him $40 million, $50 million, $60 million because he was the greatest baseball player of all time. And he and Tom Cruise are like, show me the money, show me the money. This is a public servant and his mantra is show me the money. That's what it's all about. Well, you're getting what you deserve, man. You are going down. Might not be this. Might be, uh, might be something else. And uh, but man, that is. What's the name of that movie? Andrew McGuire. Something McGuire. Andy McGuire. Jerry McGuire. Jerry McGuire. Which I actually never sat through. Um, let's hear a little bit more. I think he's wrapping up.
2: We deserve to be paid for the job we're doing. Senator Adams, I believe you have made your point in the two minutes. How do you vote? I deserve a raise.
1: I deserves a raise what? <laughs> he deserves uh, institutional i don't know he deserves um an immediate investigation in albany at the time by the ethics committee this this is what it's all about he's grumbling that wall street fat cats get a bonus that's the way it is that's what you signed up for sorry you became a cop sorry we only pay you for a part-time job 15 years ago $79,000? I think $79,000 is, pretty, right? It's okay. In the middle of a recession, people are losing work. People are out of work. Man, the, 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 the gall, right? The entitlement. So that's what these guys do. They think they deserve more than they're actually getting. And they tell themselves, right? Now he's worse than ever. Look at me. I'm the mayor, right? I, I'll run a, uh, you know, a, a trillion dollar enterprise. And I'm only getting paid $250,000. No way. That's
4: not, that's not right.
1: So they tell themselves they actually deserve more and that they're entitled to more. This happens. I know. I got a lesson in this, folks. I personally got a lesson in this. And I'm so glad it happened to me and I nipped it in the bud. All right. I could have gone down the wrong path. We all have decisions to make. And I'm so, but I got a life lesson and it was the most beautiful life lesson. And, um, but a lot of us think if you do something good, you're entitled to do something bad. And you do the good so you can do the bad. And that's what we have. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't think he ever got that deep about it. It was all show me the money. Why? Right? Right? What do you think, Diego? Did you ever hear that before? Yeah, I think Curtis plays it all the time, actually. Oh. Right, show the,
2: me the oh, money.
1: Uh, he didn't give you the whole context. The Stop. Money. No, Stop. no. He didn't play the whole thing, right? He did not play. He just I mean, though, exactly. there's a lot of, there's a lot more there. And you made me feel like I'm copying Curtis or something. I'm not copying Curtis. I <laughs> No, never, no, no. I thought not. that this was new. I thought I was showing you something brand new. You did. You it's did, not I a didn't... sound effect. It's not just a sound effect. To, to hear him, then the rationalization and the, the expectation, the arrogance, right? The entitlement. You don't just get there with the show me the money. Although that is pretty good. All right. I'll be right back.
0: NYC. greg Kelly on the red apple podcast
1: network hey my friend ed mamet reminds me that uh, he's got that great podcast the xnypd uh is awesome with his uh, buddy there they have a great podcast what's the name of the podcast again the cop show or something like that i'll get it in the moment it's right here cop talk uh that adams at that time was getting a pension okay he was on a pension. You, know, you get a pension after 20 years. He's you know, hung around the police department causing trouble for 20 years. He gets a pension, and um yeah, show me the money. After it's, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. And you know what? As an elected official, if you're a cop and you, it's just it's unbelievable what this guy has pulled off. How so many people who knew better just went along with it? Shame. I love the New York Post, but how the hell they got bamboozled by this con man? You know, great. People at the New York Post—they do great stuff, but that man, oh man, do they blow it? They endorse this guy. They help make him the man. This guy, that—that that bum, that looks to me like a criminal. So uh, there's that. Um, oh, we got to worry about uh Well, look, folks, we all got to get ready. I hated it when the when the, the the Bush people said, when it comes to terrorism, it's not a matter of. If there's going to be a terror attack, but when there's going to be a terror attack. They said that after 9 11, and they said that after, uh, that, that was like the theme of their administration. It's going to happen. Um, here in New York, we had already been hit several times. I didn't like that. I didn't like it. Like, no, 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 we're going to try to stop it. And, well, you're acting like you're giving up. Well, unfortunately, now I'm not in charge. Uh, we know what's happened to the NYPD, right? Decimated in so many ways and undermined by, uh, first de Blasio, then the national culture. Adams is doing no good whatsoever. Um, proactive policing, gone. Uh, they totally scaled back uh, the demographics units, so you can't even talk about certain things. You can talk about white supremacy, but you can't talk about the, hey, um... These Muslim, uh, individuals in this location might be up to no good. Oh, don't do that. Don't talk about that. No, 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 These certain, no, do not. That's racial profiling. That's this, that's that. No, but we're not talking about all Muslim. We're talking, nope, nope. Do not go there. You can't talk. White supremacy. Talk about white supremacy. Anyway, um, we have, uh, shown the entire world that we're weak with Joe Biden, uh, that we lose with Joe Biden. Uh, that we're not going to do anything with Joe Biden. The Afghanistan thing was a huge uh, moment. And now they're really, really, you know, rallying around Hamas, the terrorists, the bad guys. I'm talking about this new fella. What's his name? Nasrallah. He's been around for a while. Have you ever heard of a guy named Nasrallah? He's the head of Hezbollah. You heard about that. That's been around for a long time. The Party of God. It's a real demented version of uh uh, demented way of thinking of God, that God would endorse these maniacs and their terror tactics. Iran, they're emboldened right now. And this Nasrallah dude basically just said this morning that um, we're coming for you, America. Here's a little bit of uh Nasrallah. He looks a little bit like bin Laden, um, but older with glasses. Go ahead yet with a difference, and the difference is the massive pogrom, the massive amount of destructions and killing. All right, stop. So it goes on like that for four and a half hours, okay? It's a big rant. That's covered by Al Jazeera and the rest and all over the place, and I'm seeing it on social media. And uh, let's see, what are the big takeaways? Everything that's happening to Hamas is America's fault. And remember, they love Hamas over there. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, it's basically a a green light. A friend of mine who watched the whole speech, who understands that world, says uh, in between the lines, he's calling for terror attacks here and in Europe. Increased attacks on our Iraq and Syrian bases. You know, we've had 27. Uh, let's see here. This is not like past conflicts. This will be decisive. This will change everything. This is according to Nasrallah. Um must end the war in Gaza. The victory of Gaza is in the interest, he says, of Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon. And if Hamas loses, Lebanon will be threatened. So they're jumping in. That means Iran is jumping in. And that means, quite frankly, uh, terrorism is coming here soon. And we have to be ready. We must be re- And there are things you can do, practical things that each and every one of us can and should do that I haven't done but I'm about to do. We'll talk about it when I come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, everybody has this situation. I love working at WABC. Um, it is a little bit awkward, though. No matter where you work, when you pass somebody, like, you say hi in the morning, greetings, hello, you know how you're doing, right? And then you keep passing them, you know what I mean? Like, do you say hello all over again? Seinfeld does this whole thing on that. It gets a little bit... Um, You know what I mean? Do you say hello each time? I I find myself saying hello each time or some sort of nod or an acknowledgement. You know what I mean? What what do you do about that? Do you know what I mean? Am I crazy?
5: No, I I saw Lisa just now for the second time today and I I said the same thing. Hello, Lisa, very loudly and very, uh, you know, just very nice. I mean, we already
1: did that, so can you get away with a nod? But that sounds, or can you get away with, I think you should just put your head down and look at your phone. I think that's the best way to do it, right? That's, that's probably as much as I hate the phone and what it's done to our, uh, our soul and all that stuff. All right. Um, my God, you know, it's happening all over again. They said never again, but it's happening again. Uh, basically the, we're seeing the formation, the beginning of, um, a genocidal campaign against Jewish people. And it's, we're, we're are the people, we're the people of influence saying don't do it, you know, saying this is never again. I, I, you know, Joe Biden is literally intimidated by that silly the squad, those stupid women, uh, Elon, uh, uh Alexandria, uh, the, the rest, uh, the, the, all of them, the dopey women, they are the heart and soul. He's got to go along with it. And so many important people who should know better, or maybe they're just full of hate. You know, maybe the Columbia, maybe the university presidents and all those people, um, maybe they're actually rooting for the terrorists. Maybe they hate Jews. Uh, that much. hmm? I mean, you know, somebody told me today. Well, gosh, Israel is losing the PR war. I just looked at him. I said, "What? Oh, yeah, they're losing the PR war." What do you What do you mean by that? Oh, do you see all the women and children and all the? Well, number one, I actually don't. But number two, what if women or children were killed? Well, that's all. Do you realize that women and children were killed? By the terrorists on October seventh, and they kind of look at me almost like they forgot. Now, the the, the way this is portrayed, it was like a, it's like, almost like nobody remembers that day. Like this was some sort of sneak attack, right? By the uh, by Israel on, on 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 Gaza. It wasn't all right. There was a provocation, the worst possible kind. They started this war, and when war happens, yes, unfortunately, sadly, tragically, it's an inevitable offshoot of war collateral damage women and children this is why you don't want to fight a war unless it's absolutely necessary right now for israel it's absolutely necessary and if there are innocent women and children and there are that's on hamas that is on them they are responsible the blood is on their hands anyway we gotta get ready we gotta get prepared Uh, and what do you do actually i said i was gonna go find it specifically i haven't found it yet do you remember in the early 2000s? I, I will find it shortly. I'll find it in the, uh, later. Uh, but we have instructions on what kind of bag you should put. I was talking to a cop friend of mine. you got to have a to-go bag. It used to be big in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. Have a to-go bag. What do you have in there? Um Water, uh food, uh, maybe cash. Think about it. If there is a major attack, and a major attack, I don't know what it's going to look like. It's probably not going to be planes crashing into buildings. You know what it might be? An EMP bomb. Have you ever heard of an EMP bomb? I'm sorry to do this to you, but if you haven't, this may, this may worry you. The first time I found out about an EMP bomb, I was very worried. I was just like, my God, is that how it works? Right? And Iran may have one. What? Are you kidding me? An EMP bomb is an electromagnetic pulse bomb. That's what EMP stands for. And if you detonate one of these things, depending upon how powerful it is, if you detonate it over, say, America at 40,000 feet, you know what you will do with this thing? You're probably thinking it's going to destroy the entire country and kill everybody. No. It's going to fry every circuit, every circuit breaker, every computer chip in the country will stop working immediately. Nothing will work. You won't be able to start your car. You won't be able to do email. You won't be able to. Nothing electronic will work. We'll be back in the stone ages in a microsecond. It's a little bit like a neutron bomb. Neutron bomb. Well, no, the opposite of a neutron bomb. I'm sorry. Neutron bombs were designed to kill all the people, but kill but keep all the structures. This is not designed to kill people. It's designed to wipe out all of our systems. Now, imagine overnight. Your, your phone is not you know, momentarily. Everything electronic doesn't work. Everything from televisions to your iPhone to your car to your, which is a big. Uh, there's a, so much electronic stuff in there. The the uh, the ignition system and everything like that. That's not going to work. Everything gets fried. What do you what are, What are you going to do? Well, you need some. St- you need food and water, and you may need cash. Cash. Hey, you may need gold too, but cash. How? What kind of cash? You can't go to the ATM, right? And If you go to the ATM now to get some cash for if this happens, don't just get a bunch of 20s or um, hundreds. You may want to get something smaller. You may want fives and tens because you might be, you know, you don't want to necessarily have big bills. There's a million things you should start thinking about uh, because something bad is probably going to happen. And uh, I want to have, you know, I have children now. I want to have water. I want to. I have to think very seriously. Maybe I already have because, you know, people, Second Amendment uh, supporters like me, we don't necessarily want to lay tell anybody whether or not we have a gun. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But uh, Second Amendment rights, they're going to be important. They are important, knowing your rights. You may want to have a weapon on hand, right? Imagine, you know, what's that show again with the zombies? The Walking Dead. Imagine a Walking Dead type scenario without the zombies, but everything else is fried and won't work. This could happen, or I don't know. They said that 9/11 was a failure of imagination. Nobody could actually conceive of it. They didn't th- think around, sit down, and think about what the enemy could do. Um, I. I I don't have a failure of imagination. I can think of a million different scenarios where they could get us and we're vulnerable. And our government is, uh, almost encouraging this crap with their footsie tootsie games that they're playing with, uh, with the left. You know, we're with you. We got to combat Islamophobia. There ain't no Islamophobia. It's right up there with uh, white supremacy. Right There is, it's right in front of our face, anti-Semitism, Jews being attacked because of their faith. Oh, losing the PR war? Who gives a damn? They're never going to let the Jews win the PR war. Why? Why do they hate the Jews so much? You know, a little bit of it might be envy because they're incredibly successful and industrious and smart and they work hard. How many Jews are there in the world? How many? I think it's like 15 or 20 million. It's very, very small. I think a billion Muslims, 15 million Jews. Hey, you want to hear something interesting? Try to see how many Nobel Prize winners are Jewish and how many are Muslim. Sorry, it's just fascinating to me. I'm talking about the jealousy factor. Sometimes I'm jealous of the Jews. My God, how did you guys get so smart? Incredible. The work ethic. Um. Let me think about that. Um, How is it that... Actually, I had somebody explain this to me. (laughs) It was back when I was drinking a lot. And I was having a very frank conversation with my Jewish friend. I said, why is it you're so successful? And everybody in your family, you're so successful. You work hard. He said, you really want the truth? Yeah. Well, you know the time that you spend drinking... Yeah. And you know the time that you spend preparing to drink? Yeah. And the time that you recover from drinking? Yeah. Imagine if you use that time, you know, productively, you know? What if you used all that time and tried to make some money? <laughs> you could be successful, too. More so. I'm exaggerating a little bit. I, was, I'm not that, I wasn't down and out at the time, but this was a point that was made, and I thought it was a very interesting point um something like 50% of all nobel prize winners happen to be jewish that's uh that's an amazing culture that's an amazing uh, that's an amazing people what else they tried to eradicate them you know you talk about systemic racism the alleged systemic racism in america right which is a fantasy which is a farce which is nonsense which is not not real our political leaders want to, you know, they're, they're they're stoking fears. They want us at each other's throats, so they'll pretend it's real. They'll pretend white supremacy is real. But the systemic annihilation of Jewish people happened within, like, it's safe to say within a lifetime of where we are right now, right? There are people who are alive today who survived the Holocaust. There are people who are alive today who went through the Holocaust or witnessed it or you know, just – and whatever happened to never again? Never again. I actually went around yesterday because I, I I remember that slogan. Never again. There will never again. There never again. It's funny on the internet. It's actually hard to find that. It's almost like. Anyway, uh, Cynthia, you're in Uniondale, the hometown of Gary Delabate, one of my favorite radio personalities. Hi. 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 Got
3: my grandchildren quiet, please. they're making so much noise. I'm sorry. Anyway. What I want to say, there's nothing wrong with the Jews, correct? It's the Zionists. Second of all, what the, the hell is going
1: on with those grandkids? Seriously, they sound in uh, distress. What's going on? Michael, the
3: guy's talking to the spot. He says, what's the
1: noise? Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to cause any trouble there.
3: No, no, I'm going to destroy them once I get out of
1: the pot. <laughs> wait a second, lady. Where are you? Are you in a playground? Are you in, where are you?
3: No, Max, I'm actually on Northern State going home, West. I'm going to stop off at Huntington now because it's my cafe. Okay, you're in, car. Car. you're in the car. You're in the car. I'm in the car. I'm in a car, All right. And they're fighting. I have to stop. Anyway, I'm a Palestinian American. My mother was born in Ramallah. She's been here since 1948. And all the Christians have gone. I mean, I, I understand what you're talking about, about Islamophobia. That's really sick and crazy. But they have occupied Palestine. they kicked the people out there's
0: so many people all right listen i'm getting
3: either. very
1: confused with the kids in the car and you're all over the place um cynthia i think you got an important <laughs> Sorry. i love your kids they should be fighting in the back seat that that's, that's okay i um can we call can we resume this conversation some other time
6: yes sir go call, ahead
1: call, back, call call back all right would you call oh uh, cynthia wait before you go ah uh. Maybe I should have talked to the kids to tell them to be quiet cuz I think she had a point. But then she got she was getting very nuanced and I wasn't sure what was going I so I need to, I need to Cynthia nothing personal. Don't don't blame it on the kids. I need to hear exactly what you're saying. Um uh, because I think you were making a very nuanced point and I want to make sure I understand it. All right. Uh, uh Vinny, yes.
2: Hey, how are you, Greg? I got a question for you. Yeah.
6: Um, this sanctuary city that Mayor Adams started. Yeah. Um, once you become a sanctuary city, do you become a sanctuary city for life, or there could be a time where you know it's out of control like it is, and, some, and he could say, well, you know what? Now we're no longer a sanctuary city. We're not allowing anybody in.
1: Well, it's not. That, look, when you say you're a sanctuary city, it's really just a political slogan, but if you get right down to it, it basically means we're not going to cooperate with the federal government. When ICE, Immigration Customs and Enforcement come around, you know, looking for people, um, uh, that they want to deport, uh, you know, they're not going to help them. There was an lia a liaison office, I think, at Rikers Island. They closed that. Um, but it's, it's a kind of political more than actual. You know, even de Blasio, that phony, he was put on the spot. You know, he said, we are not going to allow immigration officers to come to schools to get kids who are, uh, on the list to be deported. And somebody asked, has that ever happened? And they were like, no, but we're not going to let it happen. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. But it's never happened, right? It's never actually happened where the immigration people come. So it's more of a term of art. It's a political scam. And I think Adams has said, uh, you know, you've heard him say, yeah, don't come, you know, but he's all over the place. He's goofy. He's weird. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to be mayor. And um, he just throws something out that sounds nice at the time. No accountability, no follow-up. Uh Forget about him. I mean, really, just forget about him. But it's not a legal designation. It's not a legal designation. You know who knows more about this? Rudy. Rudy's fantastic on it. And, oh, by the way, you're breaking the law if you're not enforcing the law. We have an obligation. So, in a way, the sanctuary city, if you carry it all the way through, is actually illegal. Because you... you You're certain – you have to support, I believe, uh, federal – and you can't facilitate people breaking federal law. Anyway, Vinny, uh, you sound like a pretty intense guy. What do you do?
6: Uh, I do a little. I I warehouse – I manage a warehouse. I pretty much have three or four different jobs, so – uh, but I listen pretty much, you know, to you and to a lot of stuff on the radio with, uh, in the afternoon. It's just, it's, it's sad to see what's going on. It's really sad. So. It,
1: re- it really is. Uh, we got to be ready and we got to be active. And, uh, as you listen, I encourage you to, uh, possibly, you know, write a legislator or two, make your feeling known. And I like it. Four jobs. You got hustle, Vinny. Many, we many tried. thanks. Yep. Keep it up. Keep it up. And, uh, oop, I got to take a break. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You just gave me the ball back right away, so I almost have to introduce you again.
5: All right. Yeah. That's, you know what I, does that make sense? It does make you sense. You see what I did? I okay. did, yeah.
1: James Flippin, I'm just giving him a couple of pointers about the, uh, the Greg Kelly School of Broadcasting. Which I always
5: appreciate, by the way.
1: Um, so, James Flippin, the news guy, uh, you heard me talk about
5: the Adam situation. Uh, what else? So, we know that Brianna Suggs was questioned by the FBI yesterday, and she's his top fundraiser. You know, she's worked with Adams since he was the Brooklyn Borough president back in 2017. She started out as an intern. And, uh, she's only 25 years old, Brianna Suggs. But she's been, you know, the chief fundraiser for the Adams campaign, and the public corruption office with the FBI was questioning her yesterday, per the New York Times. And there are some You know, reports out there, there's some speculation that perhaps what they're looking at is what's known as a straw donor scheme where somebody gives money to somebody else who can then under, you know, campaign finance laws legally make that donation. The issue being in this case, the Turkish government may have made a straw donor donation, I should say, to a construction company here in New York and that construction company then made a donation to the Adams campaign. That's the whole idea of a straw donor scheme. The issue being that foreign governments can't contribute to elections like that. So they're trying to figure out, you know, whether or not some improper fundraising went down.
1: Uh, illegal fundraising, it sounds like. That's what they're trying to f- find out. And then this will be as a lot of other investigations, like the tip of the iceberg. There's other things going on that we don't know about. And the big thing also is if they're doing straw donors for Adam's campaign, what else is Turkey? doing for Eric Adams. What's Eric Adams doing for Turkey? What the hell is that all about? And usually it's not like the government of Turkey. It's this special interest in Turkey. It's this rich guy in Turkey. It's some dude in Turkey with all kinds of who knows what the hell's going on here. Uh I mean, you know, look, I used to like to travel. Yeah, you know, I I really love France. I've been there twice. Uh, he's been to Turkey seven times. Right? It's I don't, lot. I mean, just off the top of my head, I don't see anything like natural, natural affinity between Eric Adams. He's not Turkish, right? I mean, what the, <laughs> I, uh, very straight. And then, uh, all these weird things he did, Borough President. Anyway, I, I think it stinks. I think he's in big trouble. This is, uh, going down fast. Of course they're trying to say, Oh, and he blew off that
5: meeting right away, right? What Mm -hmm. do they say about that now? Well, basically what the City Hall spokesperson that we heard from said was that Adams heard there was an issue involving the campaign, and that's something he takes very seriously. So he decided he had to come back. Well, I mean, that I think he came back in a panic. Came back in a total panic. It looks, it kind of looks bad. And you said that yesterday. You said right off the bat, why wouldn't he just call her up and say, "Get a good lawyer. Good luck. I'll talk to you soon." You yeah. know,
1: if your campaign is so interested in ethics and the highest standards, this, that, and the other thing, well, uh, hmm, you know, this is how um, Nixon went down. Oh, by the way, you know, this is where it's, it was all about questions about the committee to reelect the president and how money came in and how they accounted for that money and where the and how that money was spent. And it was. Um, so oh it's just a campaign it has nothing to do with Eric. the campaign is Eric Adams it's the Eric Adams campaign. So um I told you he was a low life. Uh I knew it and and no oh, by the way I think everybody knows listen to that tape. How did you feel about that? And now that you heard the whole thing, that tape, a guy, a grown man who just got there, basically first couple of months on the job, demanding a pay raise for a part-time job, $79,000 a year. He's a public servant, politics. He says, it's all about the money. Show me the money. It's Show all about
5: the money. the money. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Show me the money. it, it kind of backs up like the worst feelings you have, the worst assumptions you have about people to get into politics, to be honest with you. That's the way I imme- immediately feel about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, we got to be serious and I got to get serious. Can you help me on this? We got to figure out seriously what the hell individuals are supposed to do when a terror attack May happen now. In the early 2000s, early and mid 2000s, the Department of Homeland Security had a whole list of things to do. I think one of them included get duct tape for whatever reason. Duct tape, water, batteries, have a radio that works. You know that you don't have to plug. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. right? We got to find that list somewhere. Yeah, we do. I mean, the the, the ready help me. ready we do.
5: It's a, it's findable. It's out. There. I will. I'll find it for you. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. I, all right, and um, I'll have it for you before you start your next hour. You're kidding? No, why not? You got six minutes, and I have to do the news in the meantime, six. but it'll get done. Thank you, thank you, Steve. Greg Kelly
1: on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, a couple of things: this uh, horrific trial, uh, the Trumps, the Trump business empire is on trial. That crazy Judge Engron, everybody knows he's a maniac. He looks like a maniac. He sounds like a maniac. He acts like a maniac. Uh, he actually said, uh, you can't talk about my clerk. You can't talk about my clerk. That's contempt of court if you talk about my clerk. Well, I don't think it's contempt of clerk uh, court to talk about your clerk and your clerk whose job before he she linked up with you was hanging around Chuck Schumer. One of the worst uh, cases of Trump derangement syndrome in the history of uh, Trump derangement syndrome. You can speculate about that. You can wonder about that. This is still a free country. You know judges well, well, since when do they become so special? Why are they uh, beyond criticism? Why are they Why can they control what we say and do about their actives, activities? Where, how did that start? Gag orders. gag this! I can say whatever the hell I want. So can the participants in that, uh, sham trial. This is America. You're allowed to say stuff. I'm allowed to criticize my con. If you're, if you're a defendant and you're going through a trial, a lot of people won't do it. They won't criticize the judge. They think that criticizing the judge may, uh, imperil them somehow, you know, right? Undermine their, their chances of victory. Well, this is a total sham. It's being run because it's, uh, He's a political candidate for president, all these things. He has a duty to speak out. You know, if Congress were investigating him, and they have, he has the right to complain about Congress. I have the right to complain about Congressmen. We complain about our president. They complained about President Trump. How is it that you're not allowed to complain about uh, certain judges, especially if you're going through the system? You're going through the system. Si- Imagine that. Where did the hell did that come from? Gag orders. Are they in the Constitution? Is there anything constitutional about a gag order? I'd like to know. I really like to. Know. Hey, I'm also kind of curious. A lot of you, and I heard this after the fact, um, Governor Cuomo and Anthony Scaramucci filled in for me earlier this week. Now personally, I'm actually flattered. I mean, those guys, you know, Kate Cuomo was a high-profile guy, former governor, former attorney General, former HUD Secretary. He was in line for the presidency. I know. The nursing homes. It bothers me too. It also bothers me big time about that book, the five million dollar book deal. Believe me, I hate that he did that. And the nursing homes. And I was like, you know what? This guy should resign. He's about all that stuff. However, as you probably know, and you might resent, but I'm sorry. I think he was totally, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, railroaded with that nonsense probe by Tish James, Tish Peekaboo James. Uh, that said that Andrew Cuomo was a predator. Right? That he was a harasser and, uh, assaulter of women. Give me a break. I actually looked at the evidence. There's an there's no kidding. They call it evidence. There's a picture of Andrew Cuomo shaking a woman's hand. And they say that that was sexual harassment. It's just ludicrous. Um, the other guy was Anthony Scaramucci, who I've actually met a couple of times. I mean, politically, I totally disagree with him. He turned on Trump. Uh, but he happens to be a sharp guy, uh, very, personable and interesting and uh haven't talked to him since he he came down with trump derangement syndrome um but they were both filling in for me the other day sal from long island is calling you want to say something about that uh how did they do i didn't hear the yeah, show
4: Greg. yeah greg i didn't care much about them but i listened to them the whole show and the question i have for you is and for you crew over there how come that every call that they called in somehow was Andrew Como's best friend? A softball question after so. Nobody asked him a tough question. Somebody told, told me. Hold in. on,
1: Sal. Sal. Well, you know what? What we have there is a call screener. And I'm basically saying, you know, if they have a voice and a phone, they can join the show. Very few things that I won't entertain from a caller. But. You can set up that screener however you want. Hey, I don't want to hear complaints. I know there are a lot of people who, you know, I mean, I, you, so that's the answer to the question. But I heard that some nasty uh, people got through and people who didn't like them and said some stuff. Did Diego? Did you hear? Were you there that day? Yeah, I was here. Did anybody call in and uh, and make fun of them or say stuff? It wasn't that bad. If 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 it was, it was subtle. Subtle, Sal. Subtle. There was some subtlety there. Some subtle diss. This is Am New I York. St- we don't want subtle. We want in your face. Hey, part of uh, part of talk radio is getting into it with the callers, and uh, they they if they if they set it up where they were all nice guy callers, I think that was a mistake. How did they do as a, as a team?
4: No, I'm still on. Yeah, can I finish what I what I started to say? You don't well, let me finish anything. Hey, I don't Sal, understand Sal, why. Be,
1: because well, I mean, maybe you'd be more comfortable on the Cuomo uh, Scaramucci show. This is my show. I have, you, you made me think about something and I said it and I, it's quite frankly, Sal, I'm, I'm, you know, it's the topic more than you. You know what I mean? Like the Cuomo Scaramucci, you told me about, you know, the callers and your beef with that. And I told you how that probably happened or how it could have happened. I don't know if they set it up. All right. So finish your thought.
4: Yeah. I was going to call in and ask Andrew Cuomo, uh, you know, this I mean, is a fascinating wait.
1: thing to say. You're going to, you're calling to tell me what you would have said if you made a phone call a couple of days ago. I mean, I mean, we have our, we have the here and now. What do you want to do now? But all right, what would your big comment have been to Andrew Cuomo?
4: I was going to ask him. How, well, can you explain America was never that great? Can you explain how? You got to say uh, it this way. You got to say I it this way. A- you got
1: to say it this way. Um, Governor, wait. Right. You gotta How did he say it? He said. America was never that great America was never that great hey I'll explain for you right now he went totally wacko left because that's where the Democrat party went did you notice that This guy, yeah know, he, he, he follows he go goes with the flow a lot of politicians do that
4: and there's a why you why your crew didn't let me go in with that why right, did stop let me go stop through?
1: Sal, Sal because if I, why they didn't let you go through. Uh it's all I'm Sal Sal that's the way the cookie crumbles all right sorry um let's do one more Joe in Long Island thank you Sal though you're a great guy I appreciate it sorry you got me talking you got me thinking Joe hello hello you're on the air
0: okay uh listen i i uh i was thinking my my uh uh Explanation of why the world's going crazy that we're upside down. Yeah. Coming through. You've got, uh, what's his name? You've got, uh, uh, Eric Adams. He's, he's what you call it. He's floundering. He's almost doing like a, a Scatman Crothers tap dance to try to get out of this. Low intelligence. Scatman people. Crothers.
1: Wait, wait, whoa, wait, whoa. Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers. You mean the guy from The Shining? The black guy from I, The Shining? I, I, I,
0: re- I remember him from, from, uh, uh, Chico and the man going way back way. All right, so, all right. Uh, uh,
1: Scatman Cruthers was the was the guy in The Shining, uh, who was a good guy. I liked him. Uh, all right, so uh, Eric Adams, the world is going crazy, and you say it's because Eric Adams?
0: No, Eric Adams, the world is going crazy because they flipped the world upside down. They put low-educated, low-quality, low-moral people like Eric Adams to run cities because of their, their uh, complexion is their protection, and that's what it's all about today.
1: All right. I mean, black- look, I I, uh, I I, actually like that phrase, complexion, your protection. I think it was coined by Curtis, and there's a lot to that, and there's a lot that uh, you're immunized from when it comes to criticism, um, but uh, you're trying to blame the whole world going crazy. Look, the politicians have always been kind of crummy. Let's face it, right? That's why that Trump did so well. You can be a crummy politician and 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 be as white as they come, right? Joe Biden, right? That's pretty white. <laughs> that's pretty white bread. And we know how terrible he is. I think he's more uh, responsible for the destruction of the world, the decay of our culture, than any person of color who ever lived. So, Joe, you may be a little bit too race-focused. I know that's funny coming from me because race, you know, I talk about it. It pervades so much of what's going on. But just remember that, the man who uh, really, although then again, he works for Obama, and Obama is a person of color, so I uh, All
0: right, Joe, anything else? Exactly. Uh, and uh, also, back in the day when Crown Heights happened, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mr. Al Sharpton uh, told the, the Jewish people, if you want trouble, pin back your yarmulkes and bring it. Well, if Michelle Obama wants to run for president, tuck in your testicles and bring it.
1: Wait. Wait, wait, wait! I, 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 quite frankly, I started looking at my phone and, uh, um, I kind of stopped listening to you for a while. I heard of the thing about the testicles. I don't know. Yeah, Al Sharpton though is a crazy anti-Semite, and uh, everything else you said, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I, I missed. Al Sharpton Hello crazy anti-Semite. Look- no, 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 no. no. Oh, stop talking about Michelle Obama. All right, she's a woman. All right, there's a lot of reasons to not like Michelle Obama. All right, lots of reasons, and I don't like her. Uh, I thoroughly dislike her and she doesn't like this country, but Joe, I know where you're going with that. You brought up the testicles. She doesn't have them. She's a woman. And let's leave it at that. Thank you very, very much. Uh, (sighs) why did we get started with the caller so early? Oh, I know because of the Scaramucci Cuomo thing, which I was intrigued by. And, um, I think it's, uh. You know, we'll see about that. Uh Let's see the other thing. squad. Tony Blinken overseas. He looked like a real Fredy cat. Um, What else do we have here? Has anybody ever heard of Wayne Montgomery? Wayne Montgomery is a cop who was recently arrested a couple of months ago. Former NYPD, Wayne Montgomery. And he may be linked to all this straw donor stuff. And um, he may be talking to... Uh, investigators. Okay. That's his name, right? Wayne Montgomery. Remember that name? Uh, He got busted and I think he's involved uh, potentially in all this stuff. And it goes right back to uh, yeah, here we go. Wait, it's not Wayne. It's Dwayne. Sorry about that. Um, uh, They call the, uh, the major campaign finance fraud scheme, including former NYPD colleague of Mayor Adams, this is four months ago, it's interesting, and it didn't get much attention, but a, a, a former cop, yeah, by the name, of, he was arrested by the NYPD, and uh, Alvin Bragg, of all people, is charging him. Now, there could be a political motive here, right? A lot of people would like to see him out, uh, Eric. A lot of rival politicians, Joe Biden, for political reasons, but he's vulnerable because uh, he's genuinely corrupt, unlike Trump, who's clean. And that's why they're so frustrated. That's why they're losing. One other thing, all these crazy, nonsensical decisions and weird postures America is taking right now regarding Israel is because Joe Biden wants to uh, win reelection. And you know what he's thinking about more than uh, the safety of the country? He's thinking about how Michigan is going to vote in 2024. A lot of Arab Americans live in Michigan. He's watching that very, very closely. So is Jake Sullivan, looking at poll after poll, seeing what they're doing. Overseas. How does that play with the Arab American community? Because he needs them. He needs Michigan to win in 2024. He should be thinking about the, the entire country. He's not as usual. He's thinking about himself and the next election. Just like a small-time politician, a small-time, small-time, He started small-time, he's still small-time. Maybe president, but he's still himself. Be right back. Greg Kelly,
0: entertaining and informative
1: on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, so that Sam Bankman-Fried guy got convicted on all counts of charges. He was like the crypto guy, right? At one point, he was worth $29 billion dollars. He's only 31 or 32 years old. He went to MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, smart guy, bad haircut, crazy hair. Uh, He defrauded people, investors, whatever. I don't really know the ins and outs of the case, but uh, he faces 110 years in jail. Uh, Wow. Uh, he's, uh, He's going away for a long time. He's going to be sentenced in March, but I believe he's already in the joint. He's already in jail. And has been since August. They revoked his bail. What else about that guy? Yeah. I don't think it's a, uh, like small time investors or mid level investors lost money. You know, like with Bernie Madoff, it was more, well, um, you know, those rich guys, um, you know, Tom Brady, maybe even Bill Clinton, all kinds of people hanging out with, uh, with him. So, hmm. What do we make of that? Uh, his parents were all upset. Yeah. Hey, the other thing is. Speaking of criminal justice stuff, well, it's not really justice, but one of the cases against Trump is the classified documents cases, right? And if you listen to the fake news, they'll say, "Well, this is the this is the the case with the strongest uh, amount of evidence." Like, there's a, "This is a really strong case against President Trump." It's not; it's entirely not uh, not at all. It's a joke case. That reminds me, I have to do something on it later. Um, but a great judge here has said. It's postponed. Judge Eileen Cannon, uh, has signaled that this is going to be delayed, and that's what the defense wanted. And I think this is great news. Um, let me go to Julie Kelly. Julie Kelly is an amazing journalist. She has been working on the January 6th stuff, and, uh, she knows the injustice of all this crap, you know, and, and she just had this right up. Again, You know, they say that President Trump illegally had classified documents in his house. And for so many reasons, that's utterly bogus, utterly laughable. But they can fool people because people don't know anything about classified documents. And quite frankly, most people don't know anything about, like, actually being president. The Justice Department is playing a game here, and they got caught. Julie Kelly writes the following. You will see much complaining by corporate media types and usual suspects like Weissman and McQuaid how Cannon is doing Trump's bidding. But the blame lies solely at the feet of the Department of Justice. Jack Smith brought two unprecedented federal cases against a former president within two months of each other. He asked for and was granted an expedited trial schedule in D.C. Judge Chutkin gave Trump seven months to prepare for trial. The typical J6 case goes to trial over a year after indictment. The classified documents trial represents major obstacles to the defense. Trump and co-defendants, as they attempt to view classified discovery in a Miami facility the government just set up on October 18th. All attorneys had to obtain security clearances. Discovery is voluminous. 1.3 million pages of unclassified uh, material, 5,500 pages of classified material, and years' worth of security footage from Trump's properties. Further, Smith, Jack Smith, that weirdo, if that is his name, As uh, my friend likes to point out or ask Uh, Smith brought a superseding indictment in classified documents uh, case several weeks after the June indictment was handed down, adding another defendant and more charges against Trump. Smith is playing games. Judge Chutkin in Washington, D.C. lets him. Judge Cannon in Miami does not, which is why she has earned the enmity, enmity of corporate media and their expert lapdogs. Good for you, Julie Kelly. And Julie Kelly is um, you should follow her on Substack. And then once you follow her on Substack, you should let me ha- know how to follow anybody on Substack. I she just went there recently. I, I uh, she find her online, okay? I I she used to write for a magazine. Now she's writing for Substack. I'm going to I'm going to actually subscribe to that. Julie Kelly. Remember that name. No relation. She's just a hero journalist fighting for us. Uh, Thank you, Julie Kelly.
0: Uh, Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple
1: Podcast Network. Hey, one of the reasons why we're in this fix that we're in, um, uh, the biggest reason really, uh, no more Trump. Although I think he's coming back, he's really still with us in many ways. And um, uh, Biden's in there, right? Listen to this. Uh, What world leader do you think commands more attention, more respect, in in warning our um, adversaries to behave and not do anything wrong? All right, let me me, let's. I'm going to put this. So it's back to back. It's you'll hear from Trump talking about some guy, and then you'll hear Biden talking about some guy. Go ahead.
4: North Korea best not make
0: any more threats to the United States. They will be met.
4: With fire and fury, like the world has never seen. But I'm not so sure he has. Uh, is certain what he's going to do? My guess is he will move in. He has to do something.
1: That last part was uh, Joe Biden talking about Russia before it invaded Ukraine. Ukraine. About a week before. I'm not sure what he'll do. My guess is he will invade. I mean, he has to do something. Uh, not exactly a line in the sand, right? <laughs> um, weakness. Weakness is uh, bringing all of this on. Hey, who? what's going on with New York One? Does anybody like New York One anymore? Does it make a difference? And who is that on New York One right now? Is that? Uh, can you find out who that is? Is that that Courtney person? Because uh, I shouldn't be mean. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to. I I don't need any more enemies. I got plenty of enemies, so I don't want to. Just find out who that is and what's going on over there, because they have been ridiculously easy, all of them over there. New York won, and the press corps in general on Eric Adams. And during that campaign, when they should have been, quite frankly, going through every nook and cranny and crevice of that guy's life, and even just. Okay, you don't want to get that personal. Well, just watch where he commutes from <laughs> New Jersey. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? he was living in New Jersey for years? And we never found out about it. And once we did, oh, Eric Adams says he doesn't live in New Jersey. Uh, back to the campaign. Uh, oh, he is very tough on uh, crime. Like, it, that's what it was just really, uh, really bothered me. And, and we're living with the consequences. All right, let's. Uh, it's Friday. Friday phones, right? Why not? Uh Adam, hello. Hello. Yeah.
6: Why you didn't say my name? What happened?
1: <laughs> I said Adam, hello.
6: Oh, oh, how you doing, sir? Uh I just wanted to say something about the uh
4: male, stale and pale thing. Oh, That's you mean when Leticia
1: When Letitia James said uh America has become too male, too pale and too stale. Making fun of white men because 'cause we're, you know, male and pale rhyme and so sort of stale, right? Oh, isn't that isn't that a clever thing to say for an elected official, right? Stupid and racist and bad and mean and unsavory and vibracious. All right, Adam, what about it?
2: Y'all, um, the whole staff at uh
0: at seven seventy, sir, they say black lives matter every day.
2: Like, y'all got something against black people. You saying that?
1: Wait a day? second. You, you, where did this y'all come from, by the way? You're from the north, all right? Nobody says that. You never said that. I talk to you all the time. You never say y'all. Now you're saying y'all. And you just said, Adam, all right? You just said, y'all there at WABC say black lives matter every day, all right? Now, but boy, we're damned if we do, damned if we don't here, right? What's your point, man? All right. You No, 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 no. There's nothing derogatory that has been said about someone's skin color here. We don't do that, Adam. All right? You're out of line here. Now, calling somebody pale, male, and stale, that is a direct assault on the color of one's skin. You see? They're mocking it. All right? They're mocking it. That that that's wrong. It's thoroughly wrong and we don't do that here at WABC. You got it? Did you hear Clint Eastwood movie tale? All right. You go from WABC hosts and talent, right? That we say it all the time or we we make fun? No, we don't. And then you quote you want to quote some movie from a million years ago? With Clint Eastwood? Yeah, he, he, he said all kinds of things, man, that you couldn't say today. Those movies, my goodness gracious. I mean, I like Dirty Harry, but uh, some of that stuff, oh boy, yeah. It, uh, they would never make the Dirty Harry movie today. They would never, ever make it. And uh, they couldn't make it. And um, uh, whatever. So, uh, and Clint Eastwood. He made some, the first Dirty Harry movie, I gotta tell you, that was one hell of a movie. Gave me nightmares, big time. You know what happened in that movie? They hijacked the school bus right around the time I started riding the school bus. And you know what else happened back then in California? And it made the news. I was seven. I was six years old. They kidnapped a bus. They hijacked a bus with the kids in it. And guess what they did to the bus with the kids in it? They buried it. I'm not kidding. They buried a bus with a bunch of kids in it. And I was terrified to go on the bus. That's why to this day, I still sit close to the driver. I feel safer up there. It's true. I, I was trauma. I, the, I hated the bus and, but now I, I can deal with the bus. By the way, all the kids lived that they buried. And, uh, what else about that? Gavin Newsom, I think, paroled one of those guys. Thanks a lot, Gavin. Uh, they're all still alive. They all died and the, they're all in their seventies. The kids are still out there too. Yeah, they hijacked a bus and buried it in the in a junkyard. Now, fortunately, all the kids. But can you imagine that? Right around the time I'm riding a bus, and they got the scene in Dirty Harry where the maniac hijacks the bus and has that big battle with Clint Eastwood at the end. Oh, I agree with you, Adam. Uh, that character at times was racist, all right? But uh, certainly not here at WABC. Anyway, Adam... um how about you, for instance? You're still calling and telling me you're from Minneola, where you're from Hempstead. Why? Why? Well, 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 come on.
4: Well, you're changing the narrative. We established it. Harry we established.
1: Excuse talking me. About you Pal mentioned you moment. you mentioned Clint Eastwood and Pale Rider. And you you st- look. I said what I said. You said what you said. And you can apologize next time to every host here. And also, you can be straight with us about where you live, Adam. I still like you. Thank you very much. Um ooh, that was a little bit that's exhausting a little bit, setting everybody straight. But uh no, look, it's just my opinion, although my opinion happens to be very well informed. Um All right, it is Friday. And in honor of Rush Limbaugh, we will stick with the calls. Why not? Uh oh, and we'll also support Mike Johnson, the Republican of uh Louisiana, who's the new speaker of the House. You realize how much Christianity is under assault? It is unbelievable what they're, how they're portraying Christianity. And like, Jen Saki, is that her name? You know, uh, Christianity is, is a threat to democracy and a threat to women. Does she have any idea what the hell? And she has no idea. She's been corrupted. She's been seduced by the malevolent forces of the left and maybe even the devil himself. And that brings me to Barbara, our hero. So sorry to hear about your brother. Uh, Barbara, welcome back. Tell us a little bit about your brother first, if you don't mind. How are you?
3: Uh, We're doing okay. We're doing the best we can. Um, I have to tell you, my baby brother, Jerry Paul, was a blessing to thousands of people through his life. His last 11 years of his career, he was the principal of a middle school, and that is a difficult school population to work with. But every parent and student and teacher that he met, Immediately knew from Jerry's attitude that he intended to like them, that he certainly respected them, and that he had a great sense of humor.
1: That's beautiful. I didn't re- I somehow I thought he was an older brother. Um, how old was he?
3: My younger brother, he's four, he's 73.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. What was his name again,
3: Jerry Paul Clousing?
1: Well. So sorry to hear about that, 73. That's that's really young these days, you know. Um,
3: he should have had another 10 or 15 years in which to continue to be a blessing to everyone he came in contact with.
1: Great man from a great family, yours. Uh, Barbara. Here. What?
3: What? Oh, I was going to say, you know, in the news, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm not listening to a lot, but he's hearing so much evil and people out there doing savage things, and then you have good people. And we need in our lives to lift up those good people and to let them know we appreciate what they're doing and that it makes a difference in every life they come in contact with.
1: Uh, that's a great idea. Who are some of the good people?
3: Who are some of the good I think our new Speaker of the House is a good person. I heard him right away talk about his him believing that God brought us all to this place to do God's work and I've heard him say other things about religion that are good there are so many good people out there you're one of the good people out there oh, and wow. we look to you and we listen to you and we share you with other people so but I, I called today because I I was thinking back to golden my year when she was the prime minister of Israel, and I looked at some of the things she said, and this so applies today. She said, someday when there is peace, we may be able to forgive the Arabs for killing our children, but we can never forgive them for forcing us to kill their children.
1: What a statement, my God. What a statement. What a statement. Tell me a bit more about that. What does that mean? It's it's interesting. I, I get it totally, but I'd like to hear you kind of, your interpretation of that.
3: She said also, she said, there will never be peace in the Middle East until the Arabs love their children more than they hate us. Well,
1: that one I think I've heard before. That one I think is, uh, I think she picked that up from somebody else. That, that, that's been around for a while. I mean, maybe she's coined it, but I think that's been, uh, I think others have said it and maybe even before her. Tell me about the first quote, though. How does that, how do you break that down, that we will never forgive them for making us kill, say it again?
3: Yes, we, we may someday when there's peace, we may be able to forgive the Arabs for killing our children, but we can never forgive them for forcing us to kill their children. Oh, my gosh. And that's what we see in Gaza now, where they're using children, mothers, pregnant, older people what to, to stand in front of Hamas.
1: Would you send me that quote, please? It's an amazing quote. What a great woman. Um, there's a movie out right now, Golda, about her. And oh by the way, you know, when you're when you have downtime and folks, we should have less downtime than before. We have to stay active, write the letters, raise the money. Uh remember, a dollar from 1000 people is better than $1000 from one person. Whatever you can give. I'm sorry to do this to you, Barbara. Can you give me that other quote about people uh doing what they can and uh, that's uh even if you can get, do a little, it's uh, better than uh, yes. do that one for me and who said it?
3: That is Edmund Burke, and he said no one made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little
1: well that's an amazing quote and if you don't mind send the golden one as well okay uh thank you thank you Barbara send me that send me the, the both of those please and the gold of my Hello. year I'm gonna see that golden movie and I think we all uh, want to try to see that and there's another great movie called Munich with who's the guy who played James Bond recently Daniel Craig and Eric Banna, Bana, B A N A or Eric Banana, I think his name is. Anyway, it's about this like uh retaliation squad who goes after the bad guys that killed the terrorists. I mean that killed the Jews, the terrorists who killed the Jews at the nineteen seventy two Munich Olympics. It's one hell of a movie. And you really appreciate uh Israel even more and what they've gone through and it's just amazing stuff. What a what a wild time. Barbara, thank you so much for calling. Um Your brother, rest in peace, and we'll be right
2: back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red
1: Apple Podcast Network. Wow. I got this uh, New York Post uh, video of this uh, guy getting shot by the cops. It was a totally justified shooting. Uh, His name is uh, uh, Jason Pass. He was the guy who shot and killed those two dudes. He had an argument about over noise, the father and his uh, stepson and i see the pictures here they're having an argument in the hallway and then uh the guy walks away and the guy who's walking away gets shot by jason pass pulls out a gun shoots him in the back and then shoots his stepson who starts running away and anyway this guy was wanted former corrections officer by the way and they tracked him down and uh they tried to talk him out of the car he was in a car for 15 minutes they all had their guns out and he had a knife in there, apparently, and they told him, come on, man, you know, give it up, give it up, get up. And he gets out of the car and he lunges at the cops with a knife and he gets shot dead. You know, um, a knife is a terrible weapon, by the way. There's a, such a great chance you're going to stab yourself, right? Isn't there? Can you imagine? I mean, just think about stab- you know, like it's a sharp object. You could drop it. It could be used against you in a heartbeat. You could stab yourself so easily. I would not. Uh, I would not do that. All right. Let me see here. What else do we got? I have to go in a moment, but we will wrap things up with uh... – oh, hello, Sandra.
6: Hello, Greg. You know, I want to just respond to a couple of things you, you said. you got to so make it quick.
1: I can't do a couple, just one.
6: Your show your show last night was great. I loved the before and afters, comparing 9-11 to then and now and, and Gaza now and then. That was very effective. I also wanted to say – I packed my first bag for my cat because he got me scared, like maybe something's going to happen. So I have a bag ready for him, two more bags, I'm going to get ready. What do you I'm mean, really wait, nervous. whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, a bag for the cat?
6: Well, if as this, something happens. Do you think I'm going to leave my cat behind? No. Uh,
1: not. Yeah, all right, bring the cat. But, you know, his needs are very simple. Uh, cat food, Right. I mean yeah, you you got to bring I want you to you need cash you need uh you need duct tape you may need a gun you may need you need all kinds of stuff in your to go bag the cat is simple but anyway I love it I didn't know you had a cat that's beautiful Sandra thank you and thank you for appreciating the uh, the video content that I'm putting out I'm very proud of it and uh, you're right right I loved it I loved showing that story and telling that story and and it resonated thank you Sandra very very much uh, we got to catch up soon by the way thank you thank you thank you uh Roberta, hello.
3: Um, happy holidays to you and your three lovely ladies. Thank you. I'm calling about um Andrew Cuomo. He's been on WABC a couple of times and no one's bringing up the fact that isn't he the one who signed off on the no cash bail problem we're having?
1: You know what? You're right about that and uh he that question needs to be put to him and he'll have an excuse. Wait a second. I did not do that. That was the work of, uh, Carl Hasty. I don't know what he'll say, but, uh, he's gotta be, he's gotta be taking a task for that. We gotta find out what the hell he has to say. So, uh, Roberta, that's a very good point. All right. I will follow thank up, you. uh, we'll have, we'll follow up on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Max. Oops. We lost him. Uh, Tony. Hello. Yeah. Hey, Greg? Yes, sir.
0: I just wanted to congratulate you on a prophecy you made during the mayoral election and going forward after Adams was in office for about six or eight months. And I don't know whether you knew something or just had instincts, but you said you believed he would not serve out his entire term. And boy, I'll tell you, that was from your lips and God's ears. And maybe it's coming to fruition now and given Curtis maybe the opportunity to become mayor in New York.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, thank you very much. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And you know what, Curtis, just might, just might have some competition, all right? Just might, you know, just might have a competition there, all right? You know what I'm talking about, Tony? You, yes. Yes, I
5: know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what
1: happens. But, uh, hey, Tony, I appreciate it very much. I, uh, I It was intuition. I didn't know anything specific, although I knew specifically about Eric Adams' character and how flawed it was. And how he uh, you know, had no ability, zero business being the mayor. And, and Tony, I appreciate it. I appreciate you remembering and pointing that out. Thank you. And finally, wait a second. Is this true? Julie, are you in Israel right now? Where are you?
6: Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. I, he must have misunderstood. Now, I'm calling about Joel, who had called you about a week before the terrorist attacks in Israel. Joel had called you from Israel. You were a little kind of like suspicious. You didn't think he, how do I know who you are? How do I know what you're telling me is true? He reports to Giuliani on, on, on a regular basis.
1: Well, I don't remember anything he said. I mean, I remember he was, you know, all, I, 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 what am I supposed to do? I mean, okay, so he calls into Rudy. He's got a platform. I kind of remember vaguely. What am I supposed to do?
6: No, I just wanted to tell you, if they have a call again, please take his call. Please talk to him. He's he's legit. Well, doesn't he have
1: a, he had some website with a, that was a million characters long, right? It was WWX Files slash, you know, Atmosphere. It was just a very strange website. I mean, maybe it was, I mean, I could be confusing him with somebody else. Um, so he's legit. Okay. he He's legit in Israel. What else about no. what?
6: that that was it basically he was trying to talk and then a week later after the attack he called Giuliani Giuliani was so happy to hear from him because he's very worried you know about the war and everything but I just want to let you know if he ever tries to reach you again talk to him he he's got a load of information that he can tell you
1: oh yeah all right well Julie I appreciate it very much good luck to Joel wherever he is and thank you all. The weekend is uh, here, but that doesn't mean we go to sleep. we got to prepare our go-bags, to-go-bags, whatever you call them. Get ready for a terrorist attack, which unfortunately I do believe is coming soon.